Good evening to you. It is uh, St. Patrick's Day, Friday, March 17th at uh, just before 11 p.m. Um, Purdue has made history. It became the first program ever to lose to a 15 seed and a 16 seed. They did it in successive years. And this is the third year they've bowed out in a way that I think the most diehard Purdue fan has a hard time swallowing. Um, I'm, I don't know if I want to drag my sponsors down right now. Um, you guys know who they are. They've been great all season. I appreciate them. Appreciate what they do for the site. Help us pay for web dues. And so Anish and Jay and Michael and Dave and I don't have to reach into our pockets to, to um, pay for the domain name. Um, but I mean, like I, I've, I've been trying just to do my best to process this without, um, going through the roof, um, watch the game around friends and family, which is good. Um, and we all kind of talked it out, talked about, got a little philosophical, asked questions like, so, so I've, I've. I don't know if I've said this before on Boiled Sports ever, but being a Purdue fan, I always call it, it's like an unrequited love. If you don't understand the term unrequited, it means you give love and then it doesn't give back. And there are great moments we have as Purdue fans. You know, the winning two Big Ten championships, there are a lot of fan bases they wish they had that. But Purdue has been stuck at this second level, meaning you're not at the elite, but you're right below the elite. You can see the elite, you can smell the elite, you can taste it, but you're not going to get there. And I feel more like we're not going to get there than I've ever felt. Virginia lost, was the first program to lose to a 16 back in 2018. And then the next year, they found great balance in the universe by ripping Purdue's heart out on the way to a national championship. I don't think there's a national championship on the other side of this. And that's the hardest thing to swallow. The, the really tough thing too, like I said it today, and I don't know if I was clear enough. When I, when I aired the quick cast the earlier day, I said, it's a great day and it's a horrible day because it's time to stop all the talk and handle it on the court. And the reason it's a great day is because you're like, okay, Christmas morning. Hi, Ava. I'm glad you're here. I'm <laughs> glad you're here. Sorry you have to see this. Um, it's a great day because it's Christmas morning. The NCAA tournament is, to me, it's the greatest sporting event, especially the first two days. Just love it. Love it. Everybody who made the tournament is relevant you're all in the conversation, right? Until you bow out. Everything is decided on the court. There's so many talking heads. There's so many people out there just... Guys like Seth Davis who don't know what they're saying. They don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They keep talking and they keep talking. They keep finding jobs. Keep finding work. And Purdue proved them all right. That's the worst thing of all is they're all correct. All the worst-case scenarios happened. And let's look at the progressive stepping down over the last three years in the NCAA tournament. 
losing to North Texas was rough, but you're like, okay, they had some pretty dynamic scores. Purdue had a hard time matching up with them. Losing to St. Peter's, the 15 seed. You're like, okay, uh, force of nature. It stinks, but, you know, it's pretty lousy, especially since Purdue has a lottery pick on the team and another guy that's going to make lots of money playing basketball. St. Peter's has nobody on the team like that. They just have a good, inspired coach. But, okay, we'll mend whatever we have and we'll get ready to go. And then this, which is the second straight season where Purdue gets to number one. The first se- first season, they get there for a week. The second season, they get for seven weeks. Like Jay has been saying, is it not wrong or is it not correct? Is it not correct to raise your expectations when your team gets to number one in the nation? Yes, it's correct to raise your expectations. Yes, it's the right thing to do to raise your expectations. It's the right thing to do to think your team is not going to get knocked out by the number 16 seed team. It's the right thing to do to think that the player of the year led team with a bunch of solid rolled players will be able to match up positively versus the number 301 team in the nation. That's the right thing to think. As a fan, as a team, I wanted them to come in extremely humble and extremely angry and extremely hungry. They came in even keel. They kept it close. The game was back and forth, and I said they'll step on them in the second half. Fouls are mounting. And once again, Purdue did nothing to capitalize on the fouls mounting on the, in the starting five for a team that was less deep and less talented. Their team defined the pace of the game. They defined the way... They, de- they defined everything. And before you make a stupid statement that Zach Eady is the problem. Because I've heard that, and maybe you guys haven't because you're the smart ones, because you're here. I think smarter people um, come to Boiled Sports, and especially the people who have been back here. Smarter people, a smarter brand. Zach Eady wasn't the problem, guys. They couldn't get the ball to him. Purdue didn't have a two-point shot a two-point attempt from 622 to 50 seconds left in the game it wasn't because they weren't trying to get it into Edie it was because Fairleigh Dickinson's scheme had a man on Edie a man hedging to Edie and a guy on the top bracketing him So you're putting in a position where you cannot throw an entry pass. Even against smaller guys, you can't throw an entry pass. The only thing you could possibly do is throw an alley-oop, but there's somebody under his feet, so he has to turn and explode upward. He can't do it. There's no place to move. That's not on Edie. Now, they gave Purdue opportunities from three. This guy, this coach, I don't know if he's a smart coach, a good coach, whatever. He outcoached Painter today. We'll say that. Absolutely. No question. He got done what he wanted to do. Painter didn't get what he didn't do. He talked trash about Purdue, and he backed it up and got the victory. Win, 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 win for him. Painter had his lunch money stolen again. Again. Three straight seasons in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 
Um, but should Purdue hit more than whatever? I don't know. I, I'm not looking at stats. I don't want to look at stats. I don't know what percentage of three-pointers they hit, but I know it sucked. Should college basketball players that play for a Big Ten school, and I don't care which ones I'm talking about, be able to hit three-pointers when they're open? Yes. Yeah, they should. Should Matt Painter be able to draw plays that counter an over, overly aggressive, packed-in man-to-man, a, a triple team? Because he's an offensive genius, I'm told. Should he be able to drop a play that maybe sets up some mid-range jumpers or puts Purdue in a position where it's not miss three-pointer or pray that Zach Eady grabs the rebound and gets fouled? Yeah, Painter should be able to do that. Should Painter be able to make adjustments a little earlier than the end of the game when it looks like they're literally on life support as a team? Yeah, yeah, he should. But he didn't. So now... My pal Handel Jones and I were texting back and forth. I was saying this to my friends here that I was watching the game with. We're in purgatory, friends. If you're not a Catholic, you don't know what purgatory is. Or if you don't know the term, I can explain it to you. It means you're not in heaven, you're not on earth. I'm not going to say not in heaven, not in hell is another way to look at it. This feels hellish. Um... But in the grand scheme of things, I've been trying to keep our priorities correct. I want to continue to do that. So let me add a little bit of that before I dig more deeply into this. In the grand scheme of things, guys, this doesn't matter. I know it. I know it. You're here because you're a passionate fan. I'm here because I'm a passionate fan. I've invested hundreds of hours this, this year in this because I'm a passionate fan, because it's a good way to vent, a good way to talk it out. Um, so I'm not going to, this is not life and death. This is not the worst thing that's going to happen to you. If it is, I'm sad for your life. I got a note and Jay got a note from a guy on Twitter that said he appreciated the fact that we made podcasts and reaction pieces because his dad died in November and it made him feel like he was talking to his dad. And I heard that from a different person in November. And I'm not telling you about this so I can brag. I'm telling you about this because that's a real awful dark day. That's about as bad as it gets. There are a couple days that can be worse. I don't even want to think about those days. That's bad. This is, this sucks. I mean, there's no doubt. This is lousy, right? And this is really lousy because it's not going to go away, my friends. You're going to see the highlights of this and hear this for years, okay? The only thing that balances this, the only thing is what Virginia did, the national title. And like I said, I don't think the national title is coming. So let's lead to the next part of the conversation, the easy next connection. Do you fire Matt Painter? Many of you, like, like people not saying, do you fire Matt Painter? They just say, fire Matt Painter. Okay, let's be logical for a second. I have tried to do this as much as I can. I will try to do it again. Purdue is a logical athletic department. They have always been logical. So on one hand, you have to say, does this hurt the bottom line? Does this hurt season ticket sales? Does it hurt people giving money? I don't know the answer to that. I think this, you'll see a blip minimum, but the really weird thing, dependent upon who returns, and I pray that all these guys turn, I, return, I like these players. I keep saying that. Easy to root for bunch, great bunch. Love these guys, love these players. 
If they return, including Edie, Purdue could be number one preseason. Wrap your head around that stupidness. So you have the very worst scenario. Literally, it's only happened one other time in the history of the NCAA tournament to lose to the 16. And to lose to it, I don't want to take anything away from it's, it's not a good day for Purdue. And then to come back and say, well, everybody's back, plus these two new guys, these addendums to the, to the situation. I'm very sad that Purdue loses David Jenkins, and that was the last game we get to see him in. Because, man, I love that guy. He was such a good teammate and such a good player. Um, he, didn't, he didn't hit a lot of shots, and neither did um, anybody. <laughs> I mean, there was a period where I thought, okay, Mason Gillis is going to um, Mason Gillis is going to do some big things here. You could tell he was resolute for a couple minutes. He was seeking his shot. He was seeking to drive. He was going after boards. And then he got apprehensive. Everybody tightened up. That was such a weird thing. We saw all of them do it at the same time. And I warned my fellow Purdue fans that there's something that happens in Purdue huddles in the postseason. It has to be based on what the leadership does to get these guys to the point where they, they're just they're completely tight. They're not playing loose. They're not playing the game anymore. They are worried about making the mistake. And we saw a couple examples. I don't want to name one player making a mistake because I like these guys. Again, I don't blame the players. I don't do it. I don't do it here because I, I know these guys are wrung out. I haven't watched one interview. I will eventually watch the interviews. Um... I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched any of that. I haven't done any. All I was doing was decompressing and talking to people, talking to friends and family about what do you do now? Do you stop being a college sport fan? The problem is I really like this diversion. I think this is fun for some dumb reason. I think following Purdue football and basketball is one of my favorite things to do. I love the fact that my family is involved in this. My mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, my kids, my wife, cousins close friends. It's all, it's woven in there. It's a big part of it. I had friends texting me saying, damn it, I don't want to wear my Purdue gear. I had a friend say it here in my house. And I said, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. You can cool off on it for a bit. I understand you don't want to take any arrows right now, especially kids in school. That's the thing. I'm talking to friends that are all across the nation, other places. It's, it's different in Indiana. And I'm not watching the IU game right now. I don't, I'm not I'm just doing this. I don't have a TV on. Um, but Michael from the site said, you know, why don't we just find balance? You know, let's just throw the whole damn thing out and watch how you go win another national title. It's not going to change the fact, regardless of what happens, it's not going to change the fact what Purdue did, right? But I would say, yeah, sure. If you want to cool on your Purdue stuff for a day or two, yeah, sure. Take a deep breath. You're going to hear it, but that's not why you wear the Purdue gear. It's not why you wear Purdue gear. You didn't choose this. Most of you, I mean, I could, there, there are a couple of you brave souls that chose to be Purdue fans. And thank you for being here. But most of us, it kind of chose us. My dad was a Purdue alum. Many in my family are Purdue alums. But we went there, right? So we chose to study there. And, and our diploma's quite good. <laughs> Even if you're a dummy like me, my diploma is still pretty good. It's helped me get good things. And I love my time at Purdue. My wife and I, we started dating in high school. We shored up our relationship and we we got engaged when we were at Purdue. That stuff matters. My best friends, many of those relationships became stronger at Purdue. That's what Purdue is, right? And I don't wear Purdue gear because Matt Painter was hired as coach. And I don't wear Purdue gear because a specific player was signed. I wear Purdue gear because I'm connected to the university. 
I want to show my support for my decision. The fact that I paid tens of thousands of dollars, and sure it's, you know, a lot of you guys paid more than that, depending on in interest and loans and all that. Because it's part of the thing. I'm very proud of this decision that I made. And so like, okay, one of the best ways around here, you know, root for, root for the football team, root for the basketball team. Don't be rash. Don't, don't get rid of something that you love because uh, you feel bad. That doesn't make any sense to me. You do what you want. Hell, I don't care. Do what you want. Um, but uh, I don't think that's the right response, but that's just me. It's just one guy. And I, one of my friends, I said, send me your XL gear, sweatshirts, T-shirts. I'll take it. If you don't want to wear it anymore, I'm still going to wear it. I've got a ton of it already. Don't get me wrong. My hoodies, man, my, my hoodie game is strong. Uh, it's a lot of Purdue stuff. Okay, so anyway, so should they fire Painter? I don't, I don't think they're going to because it doesn't affect the bottom line. Sorry, I took a huge divergence away from the point. Should they fire Painter? I don't think they will, like I said, because Purdue's logical. Do people have an argument now? They got more of an argument than they used to. I'm not that guy. I don't think that. Uh, I've had a couple friends say, you know what? We can all compliment him when he helps build the program, accelerates him, take him to an amazing place in November. Being November champions doesn't do you much. Even going to the Sweet 16 is not that great. I mean, it's nice. It's a good place to be for the program. But you got to say, man, where, where's the other? There's got to be more. There's got to be another gear here. So I don't agree with the idea of firing Matt Painter, but I do believe we're in purgatory. I do believe we are just hanging out in a place that I don't know how we get out of it. I don't. We've seen great players come through, dynamic players. I keep thinking Carson Edwards. You can think of Jaden Ivey. They came through. They left. Purdue didn't get to the, even a Final Four, not even a national championship. Purdue has lots of swings here coming. I still believe that because they've got players in the shoot, players in the program, there's talent there. There's a system there. But here's one thing. So let's say, as I said, okay, are you going to fire Painter? I address that. Next part is, what's worse than, than passion so hot that people are yelling at Mike Babinski to fire Matt Painter? What's worse than that? Apathy. Apathy is much worse than that type of passion for an athletic department. Okay? I tried to make this point on Twitter. I don't think I made it very succinctly. I didn't want to take big swings right there. I kind of wanted to keep somewhat nebulous, somewhat vague, so it wasn't in writing. But apathy for an athletic department, apathy for a college basketball program, apathy for a college football program is death because people stop making plans to go to games. They stop planning around those events. They stop putting their money and time into it. Purdue has, is part of the Big Ten, so they are part of the biggest revenue stream in the history of sports, really. Yeah, in, these, in this mega conference that's coming, right? They're going to get over, what, hundreds? I can't, I can't think right now. <laughs> over $150 million, right, a year? Just from, for being there, for being part of a conference? Where's the motivation to get better from there? Mike Babinski's done an amazing job. I think the program has taken a big step to get a... Division championship in football and dual conference championships in basketball, incredible. That is an incredible thing to happen the same year. It's not by accident that happens because you're putting people in the place to succeed. They have to take that next step. Somebody's got to do it or you're going to have apathy so set in. If you just keep almost getting there and not getting there, fans are going to say, you know, I'm not going to do this. So I'm so foolish. I'll tell you my own personal version of this, okay? Not the apathy, the passion part. So my family is going away for spring break, like many of you are, for a short trip, five-day trip. During that five-day trip, it falls right in the center, right in the center 
of uh, the final four, or the final four falls, falls right in there. And I started pricing out tickets just because I wanted to be in the city where Purdue would be in the final four. I really, honestly, I didn't really care about, like, I was just like, I just want to be there. I want to be around you guys. I want to be there. I want to be a part of that. I didn't know if I'd be able to get tickets. My wife and I have looked at the Maui Invitational. We couldn't afford it. That's a long and short. We were looking at taking everybody. It's just too much expense. But the whole thing that we're pricing out and thinking about it means that we're passionate about it and that matters, right? We were thinking about leaving our vacation, all that money and the timeshare and all that stuff, right? Not timeshare, the, the verbo, right? And going down to Houston just to be there. Okay, that's asinine. By the way, it's asinine. After <laughs> the last two years, that's a dumb thing to think. But I was in it. I was like, okay, I'm going through this exercise. Jay and I talked about sillier things too. And Jay is... He was totally off this. He was kind of like trying to keep it even keel. And I think he kept it even keel most of today. Um, but I don't think Mike Babinski, more than anything, he does not want apathy from the fan base. He does not want that. Um, Elliot Kroll. I'm looking at the comments. There's a lot of there's stuff in here I don't want to read, so I'm kind of trying to stay away from it because there's stuff that's... Um, I don't want to get down into that. I've stayed off social media for the main, for, for the majority. I didn't I didn't get on during the game on purpose. I stayed away from it because I didn't want to get into the grime. Um, but then I got on Twitter and answered some direct messages and answered a couple things. But I don't want to get into that because I don't think it's positive. But Elliot says Painter is a very good high school coach. Painter is a very good basketball coach. Painter is a very good basketball coach. But Painter is extremely, extremely... How do I say it? Rigid. I can say this. He's extremely rigid. He kept talking about just doing what we do better. There was nothing they could do. Okay, so here, let's 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 think about two things that go together. And this is a long, and I, I, I feel good about what I'm saying. You guys can bail whenever you want. Appreciate you're still here. You have an offense that runs through a seven-footer who is a big, dominant seven-footer. Okay, that's great. Fine. And it's proven effective for much of the season. In fact, it's proven effective full stop. That was all that was working today, Edie Naysayers. That was, he was all that was working. Okay? Other guys were trying to make things work, but they couldn't because they were being swarmed by a bunch of bumblebees. Okay? So on one hand, you have Edie, who he has limitations, but he also is a hell of a player. Okay? His limitations, it's awfully hard for him to stay with a very mobile big man who is a face-up guy. And guess what? Since they don't have a guy over 6'7 on their team, their big man's mobile. And Painter said, well, we're not going to put him on that bet. Okay, that's, that's, a fine, that's, a, that's a fine solution. But you know there's a better solution? And Matt Painter's going to go like this. La, 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 if you bring it up to him. Play zone. Play zone. Protect Zach Eady from that limitation. And it's not... That, that's not an affront to you as a man to drop into a zone. You don't have to do it the whole time, but situationally, like when you're up by six or seven points and there's blood in the water, play zone. Play zone. Play a 1-3-1. One, one. Play a 2-3. Play a 2-1-2. Two, two. Hide Zach Eady. Allow him to be the player he can where he can attack the glass so he doesn't get sucked out and can't become a rebounder. Hmm? That's a neat idea. It's a simple idea. But Painter's rigidity and his belief that this system is it, this is what we do, keeps him from doing it. And I know some coaches, when they abandon what they do, they famously they say, wow, 
I can't believe they abandoned the pass in the Super Bowl and they've been a passing team all season. They decided to run at this point. Well, we've got enough reason to believe, and when I say enough reason, the data set is massive that when Purdue gets into the NCAA tournament under Matt Painter, teams are going to take away what Purdue does and Purdue's going to be in deep crap and they're not going to be able to get their way out of it. This is one where, I, where Painter should have said, huh, you got a bunch of super quick, tiny guys out there on the court. We can't match up with them one-on-one, but we've got better, bigger players, basketball players. They may be better athletes. I don't even know. What, they're quicker. They're smaller. They clearly wanted it. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, Purdue, Purdue's team wanted this thing. I know they did. You could tell. You could see it on their faces. Just adjust a little bit. But Painter's not going to do that. So he's going to have this rigidity on one side with the offense. This is the offense we run. And he says we are flexible because when Carson Edwards here, we didn't have a post. So we worked through Carson Edwards. Kind of true. But it was still half-court-based offense. There was still a big man involved. I don't forget Matt Harms, who he was. Painter thinks I do, I guess, because I listen to those media comments. Matt Harms was still there. Matt Harms was still an important part of the offense. Even Eifert was an important part of the offense. But the reason Carson Edwards, like the, the offense ran through him, is because somebody had to score on that team. They didn't have another guy that could score, really. They, Klein could shoot, but he couldn't create. Carson could create and score. Edie can just beat you because he's so different. Everybody calls him a unicorn. He's just an incredible player. He's a throwback is what he is more than anything. I hope he is extremely wealthy very soon and he goes to the NBA and a team is smart enough to say, you know what, this guy's really a game changer even though he's not a prototypical modern NBA center. Because I think he's so good that you would cause other teams to say, wow, we don't have anybody to guard him, right? How do you, how do you stop that guy if you don't have a, a guy that's physical? I don't know the answer. I don't, but I hate the NBA. So you're asking the wrong guy. The big thing with, with, with Zach Eady is I would say, I've said it before, if I'm his dad, I'm saying, if I'm his mom, whoever, if I'm the little voice in his ear, I'd say, you gotta do what's best for you, but you should probably go play professional basketball so you don't get the hell beaten out of you. They won't do that, by the way. Professionals, they don't do what we saw tonight again. Zach was getting beaten up yet again. The refs were enjoying the party and they weren't calling it. By the way, a friend of mine, my friend Nick, he's an IU grad, he was watching basketball with me today. He, he gave me a factoid, and I would love for you guys to look it up. You can talk about it in the comments. Check out what the average NCAA official makes during the NCAA tournament in one game. Just check out how much they make. The reason I say that is when you think they're bad, well, there's a reason they're bad. They're not getting paid that much, and I'm not asking for better referee pay. Not at all. I'm asking for better refereeing. And maybe that's the way you do it. You find a way to create a, a group of officials that have a standard and have a boss and have a commissioner of officiating. That's the, what you need to do. You need to regulate that. So there's a standard. These guys, man, they don't know how to officiate Zach Eady. They didn't early in the season. Painter didn't work on them hard enough to make it any better by the end. That's not the reason Purdue lost. Purdue lost because they got outplayed and, a, and that team of non-typical basketball players completely took Purdue out of their game and Matt Painter could not counter it. Uh, let's see. Michael Scott says he spoke one truth in the post-game presser. He got out coached. Good. Glad, glad he admitted that. 
Um, I'm not going to go through and read all your comments. I do appreciate your, that you're all here. The reason I'm not doing this is because I have a hard time catching myself because I'll read them on the fly. And I, like I said, I don't want to get into the muck and the mire any more than I already am. Um, so we can address some other things. I don't know when I'm going to do my next quick cast. I do appreciate all you guys being here this season. Um, I do appreciate the fact that you guys are passionate or passionate enough, passionate enough to be here still grinding and being wrung out yourselves about the game. I understand. I relate. I empathize, whatever it is. Um, it's tough medicine here. Um, my buddy John Harrell's on here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being here, John. Saw John earlier today. Um, but, mercy. That's that's not the way you want a season to end. Um, Gerald Cates is a jackass and says, Edie, enjoy overseas basketball. I don't know if that's a slam at all. I assume, Gerald, you're saying that because you're an expert and you've played professional basketball. Um, and so you know what the rigors of that is and what the pay is involved. But I can tell you, Zach, a guy like Zach Eady can go over to Europe and make about $2 million a year playing basketball. That sounds real horrible, doesn't it? Playing in Spain or Italy for $1.7 million US dollars, having your housing paid for, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? I think that was supposed to be a put down, but you're a moron, so it sounds like a pretty good deal. I would say, yeah, go enjoy overseas basketball. I can tell you that I would love someone to say, you know what, we'd like to move you and your family to Europe, and we're going to pay you an exorbitant amount of money to play a game. That sounds pretty good to me. So, uh, and I disdain the NBA. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. I think the product sucks. I can't watch an entire game. I don't like the fact that I don't like anything about the game anymore. I mean, they're the best athletes in the world. I will say that, but I don't like the game. And if you want to hear somebody cheer on the NBA, you can come to the same site, come to the same podcast, and Nish will talk it up. That's the thing. And even Michael, I think both of them really like the NBA. I cannot. I can. I don't like the product, and I can tell you, the more I see people badmouth somebody like Zach Eady because he's not a prototypical NBA center, I say, what the hell is wrong with you people? He's, he's that's a great basketball player. And then I'll go to the next step. If you want me to hear, go into, un, you know, into, into an unpopular thing here on a Purdue site. Trace Jackson Davis, an incredible player. And I've talked about him before. And NBA people saying that he doesn't have a spot on a roster? Are you freaking kidding me? Again, Trace, if you can't make it in the league, don't get on a bus and go play G League. Go play in Europe. Go and find a nice, beautiful locale in Spain or Italy, you're a young man. Enjoy your time over there. Get paid a decent amount. See the world. Learn a little bit new new about culture. What a deal. Go play in Europe. Don't need to play in the NBA. It's bullcrap. Sure as hell don't need to play in the G League and deal with that. Because I don't know anybody that watches it. I'm sure it's, there's some fun underside. But that's, it's hard to dig yourself out of there and get a, a full-time uh, contract. A lot of guys get the two-way contract. It's a tough road. Tough road. So, um uh, yeah. So it wasn't a put down, Gerald. Okay, good. Glad. Uh, they they kill it over there. You're right. Go do it. Make it another. Not you don't pay taxes on that money. That's what you're saying on there. Great. That's awesome. Um, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna call it quits. Thanks everybody for tuning in all season. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Um. 
I'm pissed off more than anything, probably because it's ruined my NCAA tournament because I love it so much. And now I'm like, every four seconds, I'm going to be seeing a highlight of that or seeing one of these talking heads say things that I can't really, I can't say they're wrong, right? And you can't say they're wrong. That's the other thing. Let me tell you, we don't have the higher ground right now in arguments. We really don't as Purdue fans. So when somebody talks trash about Purdue and says, maybe Peter's going to lose another first round. Well, now you can't say what I was saying for a while where, he makes it to the Sweet 16 because now there's a, clearly a trend. It's getting worse in the NCAA tournament. You got to say, I uh, guess you're right. guess you're right. I kind of just enjoy watching basketball because it helps me get through January in Indiana or something like that. And then I wait for the Masters to come and give me a sign that spring is almost here and maybe I can watch some IndyCar and pretend like that's a big deal, but nothing, I got to tell you, nothing burns me up like when Purdue disappoints me like this. Nothing. Have a great day, Andy Mesmer. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your kind words. God bless you. Hammer down. See you sometime soon. God bless you.